to niche or not to niche? That is the question and it is the question of today's podcast. Because if you've struggled with doing the client avatar exercise over and over again in whatever program that you have taken and you are still struggling to either get that message right, sell your services or define that marketplace in a way that brings in those conversations, then join us today because we're unpacking this and I know it'll be helpful for you. See you soon. Welcome to the Visible Coaches Podcast. I'm Angela Durant and you'll meet Anka Herman a little later. Between us, we have 30 years of business experience. We've started and grown our businesses from nothing but an idea, learning to play to our strengths as introverts in what often feels like an extrovert world. If you have ever felt any resistance to how others tell you you have to market yourself or bear your soul on social media just to get clients, then this podcast is for you. We know the unique challenges that introverted coaches face when it comes to selling their services. So if you're ready to learn how to spot those golden opportunities right under your nose, clarify your message, nurture that market and get more business coming your way all without sacrificing your energy levels or well-being, then plug your AirPods in and let's go. So welcome to the next podcast episode today. So our topic of discussion is to niche or not to niche? That is the question. So welcome, Anka. It's wonderful to be talking about this. This is something that we could just jam on for a long time. And I'm going to actually let you have your like momentary rant on this whole subject of niching and not niching, as it were, to start <laughs> with, because I know that you've got something huge to say on it. And I think it's such a it's become such a big topic and it's such a confusing one. So let's dive in there. Yeah, it's 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 one of my favorite topics. So I'm really excited to be talking about that because to niche or to not to niche, my answer is kind of, well, yes and no. You know, I know it's very helpful, but I think there's a few shifts that we can make in our minds that take the resistance out of it. Because at the end of the day, I would say niching Yes, in the sense of we need some clarity. We need other people to easily understand who we serve how. Because if people, you know, you know what it's like if somebody goes and says, well, I can help anybody with everything. It's like you can't remember them. Like you don't even know. You don't know who to send to them. You don't know whether they could help me. So it's just it makes it really hard. Right now, the thing that, like, I, I remember the resistance. Yeah, but, but, but I can, you know, and, and what I want about help so many people in so many different ways. Yes. And, right, you get to define how you niche. You know, you get to define how, whether you go by demographics, whether you go by the problem you solve, whether you go... You know, like you can define how you niche it and you also need to allow yourself some experimentation there. I think niche it, it's not, people aren't helped by all these niching worksheets because in my experience, you cannot make this up at your desk, right? It's a, it's a mix between what you feel drawn to and what other people come to you for. I think most of the time in the end, your niche finds you more than you find your niche. And you need to 
kiss enough frogs and try out enough things to even know. Because most of the time, the thing that turns out to be your niche, the thing that you really go all in with is something that you wouldn't have even thought about in the beginning. So again, you need to be okay with, you know, uncertainty for a while. There's a couple of things that really come to mind around my own journey and a couple of things to, to add in, like to dive in and go a little deeper with this, because when I thought about the worksheets, when you just talked about that and these ideal client worksheets, which is a really typical thing that a lot of programs start with, because it makes common sense. If you don't know who you're talking to, you can't put the strategy that you've just bought into into place, whether that be a webinar or you know, a, a marketing program, a launch plan or one to many, whatever it is, you can't put it into place if you actually don't know who it is that you're aiming it at. But what I heard in this idea of like the sheets and people sitting down to the sheets, and I just thought to myself, it totally depends on where you are in the business and what the and what strategy you are doing and the reason I say that is because if you're about to do your first Facebook ads you've got you know a but you know a, a good business a validated offer you've got clients coming in you're wanting to then use the data of something like Facebook to be able to find the right messages and get to the right people having those demographics having those psychological graphics having them in there so that you can start inputting those into that bigger plan makes perfect sense it's it's it reminds me of your phrase all the time if it feels hard you're skipping steps and I think the sheets and the niching sheets really come into their own when you're actually looking to actually scale the business more personally, not when you're trying to find out what the business is. And the, the reason I'm saying that is because I've started three businesses without a micro niche. And I'm going to say the difference between a micro niche, because <clears throat> I think at some point you do need to hone in on the thing that you want the wider world to come in at first with you. I think the, the, one of the biggest um, obstacles that I know people have said to me is they don't want to be pigeonholed. This work that I've done, this this modality that I've learned, all of my years of experience, I don't want to be just known as a this coach or a that coach. And I completely hear you. But if you think about how we buy, um, we buy a an experience of something first. We don't buy, you know, we don't sit there. If we bought a cheesecake at home, we don't sit there. And, you know, well, not many of us and not all the time, fork the whole of the thing to death. We do not do that. Whereas, do you know something? We just don't do that. We don't sit we fork the whole cheesecake. We might just kind of go for the second bit of the cheesecake. But do you know what? It, all of us have a stop sign. And I think buyers have a stop sign. So I think this this bit, I started three businesses without that very particular defined niche. When you're starting off, for me, I think you have to broaden the net a bit. So I, I want to give people utter permission to not niche at the yeah. at the very beginning. Because you can't. Niche. You, you don't can't. know yet. You don't no, know yet. It, it takes me right back to my very first business in 2008 uh, when I started voice coaching. And actually, I didn't even want to start voice coaching. It was my husband who kind of saw the potential and said, you know, it was somebody right in front of me. And that's okay. It was somebody right in front of me. He ran a recording studio. He worked with bands and they were um, and those bands were about to go on tour. And he said, look, this guy is losing his voice all the time. 
can you help him? And there was a part of me that didn't want to do that because it wasn't the modality I was used to. I was a classical trained opera singer with orchestra, etc. And he was a pop singer. And so we there was a synergy to some degree, but not a set, not a, a big skill set in that. So I did say yes, I did go in that direction and I did help him. And it was the very beginning of going in a direction of teaching. What happened after that was it became clear to me that the people that were coming to me were contemporary singers. They were uh, they weren't classical. It was kind of 80, 20 contemporary to classical. Now, I could have just held out and had no money. <laughs> I kind of looked and I thought, well, I'm going to serve the people in front of me that actually are resonating and need the help right now. And that's when I started to look at micro niching and upskilling to help those. And then other people did come. So for me, it was a case of finding a marketplace need right now with the skills that I could use right now without any more skill set and then learning how to offer more value and more experience as I went along and then taking myself to a place there were some people I knew I liked working with more than others and that's the point when I started to be able to yeah. really dive in and double down on where I wanted to go and what I wanted to be known for or what people started to assume I was known for um that's exactly that's how it, I know. kind of saw it and it's that pattern spotting this is exactly my experience as well right so you start out you have an idea right because yes if you want to be everything to any everybody, like I had that when I started my sewing business, I knew I wanted something to do with flamenco, like something to do with pot dots and ruffles. I knew that I wasn't going to make pencil skirts that you could buy in a shop. So I knew I was going to focus in on dance costumes, right? So I knew that bit. You know, and initially people go, oh, you can also do belly dance costumes. So I tried. I didn't like it. You know, then people go, oh, we have a little salsa group. You know, you can do that. I'm like, yeah, that was kind of cute, but it was a bit boring. And so I tried a number of different things, you know, and I think until you give yourself permission to try different things, you're not going to know. I think you're, like, the niche you're going to be happy with is a result of your own aptitudes, what you want to bring into the world, what you want to offer. And pattern spotting, right? Because then you all of a sudden you find, well, no, look, that belly dance thing is just not my thing, right? So, well, that was kind of boring. They can go into a shop and buy an elastic skirt, you know? And even and in the end, even within the flamenco dance costumes, well, you know, that long train with the ruffles on top and underneath, like that thing that I didn't know existed when I first started out, that turned out to be the flagship product, right? That I narrowed in, but that wasn't, that's a result of experience. That's not your starting point. Yeah. It's so true. And there's so much more that we can say around this, but we want to kind of stop here and give you a really cool exercise because I think as well as people can come to you and find you, I know that many times we could be waiting forever and we go, well, I, I can't sit at home waiting. I need to get out there kind of thing. And I need to be at least talking about what I'm doing. But there's one step I want you to do before you do that. That, that I think if we do, if we miss out, we make things it very hard to actually um, make those decisions that we're talking about. And so this is we're going to call this the mansion exercise, which is attributed to a coach friend of ours, uh, Jamie Smart, who uh, first introduced us to this mansion exercise. So 
whether you've got a journal you want to write it in, whether you just want to sit there and contemplate it. Um, if you're ready to play today, here's your exercise. So the mansion exercise, I want you to imagine that you are the owner of the whole world, as it were, or this mansion. And this mansion has maybe, I don't know, several rooms. It could have 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 of these rooms. But you have permission to go in every room because it's your mansion. However, you and I both know that to go into all of those rooms, some of them are going to be up staircases and along windy corridors. Some are going to be right next to you. Some are going to be rooms off rooms even. And so what you to do is think about some of the people groups that you feel that you could help in that everybody title. It could be leaders. It could be mums. It could be dads. It could be all sorts of people. And I want you to think about how close or far some of those are for you to get to. Like, for instance, you might decide you want to work with senior leaders in Dubai, but you're based in Merthyr Tidville in Wales. So it doesn't mean you can't do that. It means that there are going to be some steps for you to actually find them, get in front of them and, and see them. But if you felt called, like you thought, that's who I want to serve, then they're going to be somewhere in that mansion, in a room. In your mind, put them in a room. So whether it's you know, whatever it is, so you're going to have some people close to you. There's going to be some people probably far away. And, and I want you to just think, think about maybe three or four, like build some of those rooms up with people groups or industries of people, accountants, lawyers, mums, dads, whatever it is. Fill those rooms up with different people groups. Um, and as you do that, then realize that, you know, you can't you can walk into all of those rooms because all of those rooms are available to you. This is your house. You can go wherever you want to. It's just that you can't go into all of those rooms at the same time initially. So choose a room right now that you want to start with. Doesn't mean you have to stay there. It just means that it's a room that you feel feels maybe adverse, exciting, that you feel that you've got an affinity to, a skill set for, and that they feel as if that you would like to go in the direction of going in that room. And then when you're in that room, you meet a bunch of people that are all in conversation. And all you're going to do, first of all, is go up and hang out and listen to the conversation that's going on in that room. What's going on? What are the people saying? They're discussing some of their daily lives, their experiences, their situations and their challenges. All I want you to do is listen in. What are some of the things that are going on in that conversation? Because Jim Rohn, the, the, Jim Rohn, the marketer, said that our only job is to enter the conversation that people are having in their head rather than the one that we're having in ours. So observe silently in your mind this conversation and then maybe go and find a room in reality with those people and go and hang out and listen to a conversation going on and then decide like is this the conversation that i want to enter into is this the conversation are these the people group right now that attracts me to find out how to help them the most and how to communicate with them in a way that they can see that I can help them. That's all we want you to do in today's exercise and play. Find your mansion, choose your rooms to play and go in there and play. listen to the conversation that's going on and then see in real life if you can go and find something that relates to that. It'll be right next to you, I promise, because you'll have picked it intuitively. And let's see what happens next. 
Until next episode, take care. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Visible Coaches podcast. If you've ever felt the pressure to market yourself in ways that don't align with your true nature, this podcast is your sanctuary. If you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, make sure to subscribe to the Visible Coaches podcast on your favorite platform. And we would really be grateful if you could leave us a review. Your feedback means the world to us and it helps us reach more introverted coaches like you. To grab this episode's free resource, visit thevisiblecoachespodcast.com now. That's thevisiblecoachespodcast.com. Let's continue to embrace our introverted strength, create meaningful connections, and make waves in the coaching world. Until next time.